This is the Strategic Hot Box Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some ass. Welcome to Strategic Hot Box. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, and I'm here with one of my favorite people on the planet, Miss Stacy Walker. Hi. I'm glad that you're here. And we're talking about a very important topic, diversity. Business with Latinos is lipstick authentically. It's all about diversity, inclusion, and cultural competency. So we're going to dig right into our topic. So when it comes to uh, the strategic hot box, when it comes to diversity, as you know, we love to break it down into the three segments. And that's a learn, the love, and the kick ass. And we're going to do that very thing today. In the learn section, I'm going to set the stage, talk a little bit about diversity in my perspective, what I'm seeing out in the industry, what I'm feeling in my gut and in life. And then in the love section, we're going to hear from the master. We're going to talk about some stories and things that he's been dealing with and the people that he works with in all the places that he goes all over the world. And then in the kick-ass, we'll give you some tools that you need to start making a difference when it comes to diversity today. So when it we have this discussion of inclusion and competency, I really think that diversity, if we start with the value of diversity. Diversity really is a powerful opportunity. And I'm saying it and framing it as opportunity because so many institutions do not take advantage or take full advantage of what diversity can do for them. And it could be as as minuscule as having like-minded people around you all the time, all the way to, you know, intentionally siloing your organization by a certain demographic. But when it comes to having a bunch of like-minded people, the when you do that, you exclude yourself from having the creativity and inspiring those different ideas that can come from having diverse perspectives. And I think that diversity really does attract and retain a more loyal customer. Because let's face it, the world is diverse anymore. We were chatting on the drive here about the fact that that we're all just a bunch of mutts <laughs> anymore, right? We're just mixed up in this beautiful, delicious, just mixed group of, of human beings. And of course, that differs depending on where you are listening or watching us today um, on the in the globe. However, diversity in general really can be a powerful um, opportunity for your organization or just in general for your life. It leads to productivity. It can lead to your own personal development and growth. And then there's this idea of inclusion. And so it's not just enough to enforce or have diversity because you don't want token diversity either, but it's the idea of being inclusive in language, inclusive in action, inclusive in policy, and all of those things working together to ensure that diversity is actually being utilized because on numbers or on paper, we can say we're diverse or we meet standards of diversity that match our customer base or membership base. But what does that mean? And how are you you actually getting in and getting to know the people that work with you and for you and around you to bring out the best in them? 41% of companies, now this is from Clear Company that created these statistics, uh, 41% of companies say that they are too busy to incorporate diversity. Too busy. Uh, which is clearly not a solution. We, as, as a group, need to be the catalyst. We need to be the ones taking the action. Um, another one for you is there are more CEOs named John than there are women CEOs. So there are more CEOs named John than there are women CEOs, which uh, is fun. 5.3% uh, of CEOs have the first name John compared to 4.2% of CEOs that, that are women. Um, and according to McKinsey & Company, ethic. 
ethnically diverse. I want to make sure I'm saying that that appropriately articulately for this. Ethnically diverse companies are 35% more likely to earn above average revenue. So organizations that incorporate diversity and ethnicity are going to earn more essentially. And diversity isn't, isn't philanthropy. Diversity isn't this like thing that, you know, oh, you're a good, what? no, it, it, it's just being real. It's good business. The second opportunity that I wanted to highlight where I was working abroad is during my um, MBA program. So my master's of business, and I actually did it with our, uh, our guest that is going to be joining us here in a second. We were, we went to school together, but I traveled to Brazil we went to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil and worked with TV Globo. And we were creating a flexible benefit program for them and in the process of living down there one portuguese is an entirely foreign you know language even beyond in the the experience that i've had with spanish but also there were so many different things that occurred one of them the, in the cultural differences so maybe it's you know studied culture you may have studied some of these kind of components but one of the biggest that i that i felt in brazil was the space differential right the fact that in the united states we like these little bubbles of stay the heck away from me right because we just like to have a little bit more space. Where in Brazil, you're just, you're smooching everybody, you know, when you first meet them, right? And you're also just getting a lot closer, a lot touchier, a lot more friendly. And if you don't participate in that, there's almost this standoffishness, that vibe that can be created. So it's not only that it's different, but it's also creating a negative kind of impact. Being authentic is so important. And that the idea of today's topic is, is about just that and how to, what do you do? What are the challenges and struggles to really truly show ourselves to the world? And it's more important than ever to be our authentic self. It's exciting to see when people really do pick this up and own it and then they feel successful from that and are able to kind of brush off any of the negative piece that, that may come along with that. Well, diversity, so I, I like to talk about diversity, inclusion, and equity as like a full package, right? Mm -hmm. um, because when I think of diversity within itself, diversity really is just the recognition of the differences that people have. So you can really have homogenous groups of people if you sure. look at different characteristics, uh, ethnicity, uh, gender, or uh, any of those different areas, and you can still see diversity within that group based mm -hmm. upon different perspectives, likes and dislikes, things of that nature. Uh, different mindsets can be brought to the table. The reason I like to think of it as a, a package deal, because when you really move into the inclusion piece, uh, then it takes you a step further in saying that I want to make sure that I create an environment where people feel like they are they are a part of the experience. Their mm -hmm. voice is recognized, you know, yes. and you start you start looking at groups that are not homogenous. You know, now you are looking a little bit deeper and not just looking at the differences of of uh, thought of thoughts or just things that we like and dislike, but you're starting to say, I want to look at the differences from a gender perspective or race or sexual mm -hmm. orientation and make sure I create an environment where those people are included in the experience. And then the equity goes a step further and says that I want to make sure that not only do I hear your voice, but I give you a seat at the table to help drive the strategy of the organization. So I like to look at all three of them and mm -hmm. it's, it's complex getting organizations to understand that they're really sure. three separate things that work together collectively. And do some organizations that you work with still resist that? Yeah, you know, I think that 
there are organizations that think that they're doing it, you know, to, to a degree or to an extent, you know, and then you can easily go in and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And you have to help organizations to see that you really do have an issue in this area. And it's not always, you know, sometimes it's within the organization. So making sure that the, the right mix of staffing exists and making sure that things are built properly so everyone's included. But then it also extends to how we engage, in our case, in the credit union space, the member, you know. Mm -hmm. or the consumer or for some organizations, the customer, how am I reflecting that my organization is inclusive in making sure that those people feel valued in the the discussion of the organization? So many people feel excited about the fact that they have that diversity policy that was probably required way back in the 80s or something. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're like, look, I have this policy. I'm like... No, it goes a lot deeper (laughs) than that. So, Mm -hmm. and I think what's interesting there is I've always been a lover, right? Lover of people and lover of everyone. And only in the last several years have I felt confident enough in my leadership journey or my humanness. Mm -hmm. There's a super technical term for you um, that I could stand up and say this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. So there have been moments in my life as I reflect back where I didn't take a stand and wish. That I would have. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a lover, but not necessarily a fighter in moments. Mm -hmm. And so how can you balance that in inclusion? You know, it's it's difficult. You know, first is it is developing the courage, like you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you are in a minority group, whether it's women or it's racially driven or it's sexual orientation or a number of different things, there is this discomfort a lot of times of being the person to speak up and say, I don't feel included, you know, because you automatically believe that there's a stigma that's going to come along with that, you know, and you're taught as you're coming up that in order to be successful, especially in corporate spaces, that it's more valuable for you to figure out how to adapt and assimilate to an environment. And being that person to go against the grain is not always valued, you know? And so you're thinking as a woman, like, I want to make sure that I'm given opportunity here. So let me just work as hard as I can. Let me shut my mouth. Let me not offend anybody instead of stepping up and using that voice. And so there's this balance. I believe that the balance is making sure (laughs) that you have adequate contribution. Mm -hmm. So making sure you're actually doing the work. Yeah. So you're walking the walk. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't feel included. You know, I don't have a seat at the table. And I look at them and say, earn it, brother. Yeah, with the work you're doing, you absolutely should not be given a seat. But if you're doing the work necessary and you see that the organization is not moving in a direction where it's acknowledging. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to speak up and use your voice to bring awareness. So affirmative action, um, there's definitely a place for it in terms of, you know, if you have political systems in place against you, if you have social systems in place against you and against, you know, people just simply based on how you look, then certainly there should be some action taken in terms of like helping people to give more equality in society. But also keep in mind that affirmative action benefits a wide range of people, including, you know, white women, um, Mm -hmm. African-Americans, Hispanic, Asians, like a wide variety of people. So it's not limited to any one particular group in society. Uh And also, there are also different actions out there. There's legacy actions out there. If you're at a university and your parents went to that university, you have preferential treatment as well and get into the organization. So it's not just looking at like this one group will benefit and I have nothing to benefit from this. No, there are various ways that people benefit from increasing diversity and taking action to increase diversity in, in society. But uh, I think a key in business between Americans and difference between business in doing in America, America and Latin Americans is uh, that everything is personal for Latin people. Mm. And for Americans, no. You know, business is business and personal is yeah, personal. Yeah, that's interesting. Or so they say. And, you know, I, I, I just... 
I was reading the other the other day of an article, and, and I, I actually emailed it to you. Mm. And it's pretty funny because it, it discusses the communication process and the communication patterns and that that happened in a discussion or in a negotiation between when an American does business and when a Latin person does business. Mm. And it's pretty funny because when an American starts a, a conversation, they go straight to the point. They lay all the cards. Yeah. Yeah, and then they start talking about it. They know what they want. They make it. They make sure you know what they want, how they want. It. And then they just start start talking about it. They might get louder at some point. There is going to be some, you know, sarcasm is gonna be there, especially when things get hot and like. And then fighting is okay. You know, discussing, yelling, it's okay. In the end, there's gonna be some concessions, conciliation. You're gonna reach a conclusion, mm -hmm. and after all that, you're gonna say so. This is what we concluded, and you're going to have a summary. Sure. And everybody's going to walk out of the meeting knowing what they got or what they didn't get. Okay? Yeah. If you're a Latin person, you're going to get into a meeting, and you know you have to understand that few things are important for Latin people. Especially, you can divide Latin between Latin more Spaniard-based and Latin more Italian-based. More Italian-based oh, are the And the Mexicans, for example, have more Spaniard heritage. So... For, for more Spaniard base, self-respect, honor, pride, pander, pandaner are very important things. So dignity is very important. Hmm. So another thing is liking the counterpart. So you're going to start a conversation and it's going to be kind of romantic at the beginning. You're going to chit chat. You're going to try to find something in common with the other part and you're going to talk about it to the point that, you know, it might get awkward. You're going to say, if you're American, you're going to say, hey, we need yeah. to get out of here. <laughs> right. Interesting. You know, you want to talk about it. Right. And then. And then you're going to transition very smoothly to the subject. Uh, you know, it's going to get a little bit more emotional at some point. You're going to, you know, Latin people are going to lay all the points on the table. And then they are going to analyze the subject and they are going to analyze the counterpart. Hmm. And when you're all said and done and, you know, when the both parts leave the meeting, there are two things that probably the party that, you know, your party, if you're, if you're in the meeting on the other side, you're going to say, hey, what do you think about this meeting? Yeah, it was good. What do you think about the guy? What do you think about the company? Do you like them? Do you trust them? Can we do business with them? Hmm. That's one of the things. So being liked is not so much of a self-esteem thing. It's more of a creating a, a trust relationship. Interesting. And the next time you meet, you're going to talk, talk about the thing you have in common with them. You might yeah. even, you know, the relationship is going to base, be based both on business and personal. And I, so I, I appreciate your approach in how you're going after this and how progressive this concept is to show inclusion while also showing kids it's okay to be authentic as well. Most definitely. And, and just to add, you know, on top of that is Drag Queen Story Hour, we, we focus a lot of books on um, inclusion and diversity and understanding that there are so many different people in our in our universe and that we need to share love and accept love and have open hearts and open minds. So that's an important mission. And 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 really through teaching someone who doesn't know and kids are the perfect example of that, they haven't been embedded with uh discrimination or some of those other pieces and they're coming into it eyes wide open and if we can teach those messages young both financial literacy as well as inclusion i mean that's a beautiful thing absolutely it's awesome we can change the world if we can do that adaptive leadership says that i can be a leader wherever i am so being able to recognize that when you see something that's not right 
you use your voice, you know, and you speak up, you know, do it respectfully, but make sure that you do engage in conversation. And then when you're in a role of leadership, using your voice for good looks a little different because you have the power to empower and the power to direct. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a leader needs to then say, how can I empower a culture of candor? Because cultures of candor generally begin to move to a culture of inclusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so creating that space where people feel comfortable speaking. And if you look around a room and you see that everybody in the room looks like you, then as a leader, you have to make sure that you do something Something about about that, that you start addressing it so that you bring those various thoughts to the table. I love. Well, I'll tell you on acculturation to Mexico, because it's funny, me being Paraguayan, when I moved to Mexico from the U.S., Mm -hmm. I related more with the Americans than related more with Americans than with Mexicans. So uh, I remember being in Mexico for like one week or so. And I remember my first meeting was with, was with Office Depot. Uh-huh. So I was supposed to offer them the new lineup of biocomputers we had. So I analyzed the whole lineup they manage. I analyzed the, their data, what they sold better, 15, 14 inch, what size, what brand, this and that. I, I, I found out our best model to compete with every other model. And I went with my sales rep. So the both of us went, went there. We sat down with this, uh, the purchasing manager, big office. So I made my PowerPoint presentation. Uh-huh. At the end of the meeting, the guy doesn't even look at me. He looks at the, uh, my sales rep and he goes, hey, would you mind telling your boss not to tell me how to do my job and <gasps> maybe me, take me to lunch this time? Or offering me products to buy. Wow. So it was, I was going to say, I, I feel like your, your approach was like perfect. Like if you had come to me, I'd have been like, okay, he's done his work. Well, if I go to you and I sit down and I tell you nothing, but I invite you to lunch, what are you going to say? Yeah, that I've got better things. Yeah. No, it's it's true. It's so different. Wow. You how intense. What did you do? You, nothing. I took him to lunch next, next week. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I tell people is that uh, if you don't want to be stereotyped, you cannot stereotype other people. You know, Mm -hmm. so I hate being included in groups, you know, um, that are stereotyped, you know, whether whether someone is saying all black people do this or all um, black men do this or all young people do this or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever group I'm in. I'm like, Mm -hmm. don't use all because you use all like (laughs) you literally don't leave any room open for a difference. And Mm -hmm. I think that that message fights uh, directly against what we're working on so you know i think that when it's done in the you know inverse where you're then assigning these stereotypes and these broad brush statements to an entire group of people that it's not right you know one of the things that i try to do especially when speaking on this topic is you know i talk to you specifically about Mm -hmm. straight white men who i feel Mm -hmm. get like the hard end of the stick when you know because it's easy i can start talking about diversity inclusion and equity and i'm gonna get an amen out of brandy at some point (laughs) (laughs) because i'm gonna say something about women and you're gonna be like amen Mm -hmm. you know like i'm with you Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna get an amen out of the minority group if mm-hmm. I say something about African-Americans or Latinos or any other minority population, I'm going to get an amen at some point or, you know, at, out of LGBTQ, you know, somebody's going to say, yeah, brother, say that, you mm-hmm. know. And sometimes I feel like straight white men in mm-hmm. particular get excluded from the discussion yep. and that's not right. And when we think about inclusion, it's making sure that at the end of the day, what we're saying is that we want everybody, yes. everybody to be we want to 
pot of gumbo. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm from Louisiana. So, <laughs> you know, when you're making gumbo, you have to include a lot of ingredients to get some great flavor. And so when you think of inclusion, that's what we're saying. Like, let's make sure that everyone's included so we get the right flavor mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. So what are some steps then? If we could create some steps that uh, what, what could people do? Well, reach out to others. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's number one within your own personal sphere of influence. Like, mm-hmm. you know, who do you engage with? Do you have your friends like in a certain group? And, you know, when you look around, do you only associate with certain people. Like, mm-hmm. what are your personal action items that you may want to, you know, be responsible for and, and challenge yourself with? And also your sphere of influence within your, your families, your children, certainly as parents, you know, try to engage your kids in different organizations, different groups, different play groups, have them meet other kids from other cultures, um, talk to people in your family where you hear people mention things like like you said with that that person I mentioned about like you know I'm, I'm white I'm not going to get into that school challenge someone like that in terms right. of their thinking like what kind of comments can you make to really help someone to like kind of change their perspective about diversity so definitely look within your own personal sphere of influence and professionally of course like look at your employer like you said you you joined a new company congratulations <laughs> and you decided to look around and see who was there and, and kind of like inquire as to what can be done with diversity and that was your own personal you know initiative right. so a lot of people can do a little bit more in terms of diversity and, and taking action items and, and holding other people accountable and responsible. But it starts with us first. Like, what are we and doing? Volunteering. I love that idea of volunteering, community organizations, exposure, uh, travel, right? Any of these things can start broadening the mind, opening, so you can begin to have some of those conversations that we might be fearful of having. And, uh, one thing that, again, the beautiful RuPaul says is, I don't dress up and drag for anybody else but myself. And what Madame Nymphadora has helped Dan identify is, again, that own empowerment and encouragement and Mm self-love and being able to comfortably and confidently share that that expression with other people that, that Dan sometimes feels a little bit too intimidated to do so. I love that. And I would imagine they'll ultimately be crossover as um, as Madame Nymphador has more chances to express and you have the more chances to express when you're in that persona that the confidence will be able to trickle, trickle between, right? Maybe. Oh, definitely. I will have to say that even this most uh, recent show that I did, I performed Lizzo's Good as Hell. And um, when I got done with it, I, I, in fact, made all the audience get on their feet and Ooh. stand and, and join in with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I gave a powerful positive affirmation afterwards that, you know, self-love and body positivity, it is 100% at the forefront right now. And uh, it just expressed that message. And, and it was so emotional for me going home and reflecting. I had an emotional um, reaction to it because I, in that moment, realized I loved myself and that's hard for a lot of people to embrace and identify. So sharing that is so important. I think the world needs more love. Um, We we hear it, we see it, we say it all the time, Uh, but how we can do more of practicing that love, I think is embracing everyone that we encounter and their authentic selves, embracing who we are and our authentic selves, sharing that love and that message that vulnerability allows us to really come together. You know, and I and the more that I learn from my kids too, right? The more I learn to look through their eyes when they don't see any differences, uh, yes. the better 
it is too because it shows how much things are ingrained or their experiences in the ways that we've grown up and the fact that anything that happens like this is something that we're passing along to, to the next generation too and so we have got to have the future that the next step to be to be involved in the process definitely parents are hugely in, like influential on their children and you know definitely kids that's that's who you learn from first right when you come into this world and so kids do pick up a lot of things even when you're not aware of it kids pick up a lot of things about what their parents do what they say little comments and passing you know in terms of who they want their friends to be and like mm-hmm. what about that lady and so kids pick up a lot so when you really do identify things within yourself your own maybe implicit bias that you may have or you know things that were passed down from your parents you know in general to who you are today that create who you are you really have to say to yourself what am I passing to my children Mm -hmm. you know and not just your own kids but like your neighbors kids your nieces and nephews like kids that really are within your influence they're under your like guidance and somehow Mm -hmm. really ask yourself what am I passing on to them let's head out to our shout out hey you reached Ginger in San Diego California make sure to check out Brandy's podcast strategic hotbox it's full of information you'll get a lot out of it make sure you check it out it's awesome Soy Pablo Cornejo de Argentina y acabo de hacer un tour en bicicleta con Grasshopper Adventures en Bangkok. Eh, Está buenísimo, así que estoy muy contento de aparecer acá en Strategic Hotbox. Un abrazo, un saludo. Hello Brandy, this is Mark Worthington from Australia via Thailand saying hello and congratulations on your Strategic Hotbox. I'm a football prosper, the CEO of Abusmanko Tweko Petit Peritio in Ghana, West Africa. I'm listening to Brainy on Strategic Hotbox. It's an amazing topic here with diversity, and I love spreading some light with that and also spreading some love in the process and just giving you all the tools that you need. So the best way to do that, my favorite time, your favorite time, now it's time to kick some ass. Here's your top five. Number one is to increase your cultural competency. So Ronaldo framed it in the way of just understanding, knowing, getting people together, taking a look at the people around you, seeing if we're all the same, and then get to know people, know what the differences are, know how you can make those changes, understand what's happening, and that way you can then share that knowledge with the people in your direct influence. Number two is to become bicultural. It was that the advice of our friend Laura that just gave the shout out, but it's, and, and Max kind of of reiterated or affirmed that, but you have to understand the culture too, because even in all the different Spanish-speaking cultures that he was talking about, there's such vast differences. The same is true within every country. There's so many differences amongst the people that live within the countries. So we want to become bicultural and have that thorough understanding. Two is no tolerance for bullshit. That's me pounding my fist on the table. No tolerance for bullshit. Use your voice for good. Have that opportunity that say, I will not stand for things that are not okay with me and build in that that value statement. And I think that Ronaldo was talking about the fact of doing it in the way that's effective or appropriate for your organization, being professional. On the flip side, have it be a no tolerance, especially if you are in the power to empower and you are one of those leaders that can make that influence or make that decision that have that no tolerance there within built into your policies. Number four is implement some sort of unconscious bias education. Take a look at what unconscious bias that you might have. Uh, talk about unconscious bias. Make sure that people are at least aware that they're there, that it's real, that even if you believe in your heart and you don't intend to do any of this, that it still happens. And so you can hedge against it. So you can do something about it until you can make those unconscious a little bit more conscious. There's nothing you can do about it. So implement some sort of education. 
conversation. Is to forget the haters, brush your shoulder off, do whatever you have to do to just to forget about all of the negativity that may come along the way. If we're putting ourselves out there, we are bound to have some additional feedback from individuals that don't agree with all sides of us. That happens with the side you put out every day and it happens with the side that you don't. And the more that we can forget about people that aren't truly pushing you and helping you grow in your in your journey. And I think that that's an interesting balance between listening and forgetting the haters. And the difference for me is we want to always listen to perception. I always ask feedback for the people that I work with on how I can improve, how I can be better. Now, whether I implement that feedback, especially if it's coming from a place of hate, or whether I take that as a moment of perception and how I contributed to that perception, those are all important for me to understand and be aware of. And head out to the strategichopbox.com. Or, of course, you can catch us on social media. I'm at, at Brandy Love in Twitter and on Instagram and the Strategic Hot Box at Strategic Hot Box Instagram. And, of course, Facebook. Hit us up. We'll hook you up with whoever it is that you want to connect with. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass. Mm-hmm.